Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. When it comes to success in fighting COVID-19, the Golden State is, at least for now, a national leader. New CDC figures show that in recent days, California has had the lowest coronavirus case rate in the U.S. when measured state by state. Here are some numbers. As of Monday, California recorded 95 COVID cases per 100,000 residents. Texas, by comparison, had 385 cases per 100,000, and Florida, 287. But progress against COVID and its Delta variant has been uneven across our state. The Bay Area and Los Angeles have seen infection and hospitalization rates continue to fall, but the Central Valley is being hit hard with COVID caseloads, and few ICU beds are available. But there's good news in the Central Valley as well. New numbers show that for the first time, the number of fully vaccinated people in Fresno County, that's nearly 480,000, outnumber the county's unvaccinated. However, like in the past, public health officials warn against COVID complacency, especially with the virus-friendly fall and winter months approaching. And as we reported yesterday, a wildfire burning in Sequoia National Park continues to threaten a grove of giant sequoias. That includes the General Sherman, considered one of the oldest and largest trees on the planet. As KVPR's Sarith Hawk reports, firefighters are trying a number of measures to save the trees. Fire Information Officer Jack Owen says hand crews are working throughout the giant forest, putting out spot fires on the ground and clearing away brush in a protective circle around the trees. They've been working around the trees, the base of the trees, to uh, rake and clean areas around the base of the giant sequoias down to bare dirt. About 25 of the larger trees have also been wrapped at the base with an aluminum cloth that keeps the trees from getting too hot. Sprinklers are running 24-7 around the giant sequoias, watering down any potential fuels. Over the weekend, high winds pushed out a layer of smoke that sat above the fire. While the smoke prevents aircraft from dropping fire retardant, it can also keep temperatures more mild, Owen says. When the smoke inversion goes away, it allows the sun to heat the, you know, heat the ground, heat the fuels. It also provides cleaner air, so the fire burns much more aggressive. Firefighters are expected to get extra help from members of the National Guard this week. For the California Report, I'm Sarith Hawk in Fresno. Highway 50, the main artery from the Bay Area and Sacramento to South Lake Tahoe, will reopen to all traffic at 8 this morning. The highway has been closed for just over a month due to the Caldor fire. Jonathan Ashford with the U.S. Forest Service says even though the roadway is opening back up, people should be aware that firefighters and other workers will still be in the area. 
So be very mindful if you are traveling in the Highway 50 corridor that it's going to be busy and there may be stops, there may be traffic, there may be people near the roadway. Please be cautious. Obey the speed limits. Take your time. And crews continue to work to get full containment on the Caldor Fire, which has burned more than 219,000 acres and destroyed nearly 800 homes. After a natural disaster strikes, people's worries often turn to insurance coverage and whether or not companies will honor their policies and continue to provide protection. In response to California's ongoing wildfires, California Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lada has issued an order requiring insurance companies with policyholders living in fire zones to keep people's policies in place and to honor insurance renewals. The California report talked about the scope of these orders with the commissioner before he made the announcement. We're protecting the insurance coverage for over 325,000 Northern California wildfire survivors, and it really encompasses 22 different counties throughout the state, all the way from Alpine to, to Yuba County, making sure that these, these survivors at least have this moratorium so that they can focus on rebuilding after surviving this horrific uh, wildfire that they just lived through. And essentially, the moratoriums mean that people who live in fire zones don't have to worry about their insurance policies being suddenly canceled. Exactly. So, you know, before I took office in 2019, I wrote a law that stops insurance companies from dropping their consumers uh, for one year if you live in the perimeter of a fire or an adjacent zip code. And that's exactly what we're implementing. And, you know, it really, it's absolutely critical to give People some breathing room after a disaster. This is not a time to be having to search for insurance or being dropped after a, a massive wildfire. Commissioner Lada, you've issued these insurance moratoriums in past wildfire years. You're doing it again now so people can keep their policies. But these are temporary measures. Are they really the solution to our insurance problems long term when it comes to wildfires? Yeah, for the immediate future, as we continue to really work at long, long-term solutions, you know, this is going to be, this is the law of the land. I'm going to continue to enforce the law to protect consumers as long as we, we ha- we're having these devastating fires. And we understand that this is just a temporary band-aid on what we really need to work on. And so, you know, we've, I've introduced uh, new regulations that are going to allow consumers to obtain their, their home or their business wildfire risk score, which is important for them to understand where they are on the scale of being able either to obtain insurance or not. Currently, that is not public information, not even for the department. And we're also going to be implementing some new rules that are going to require that people get credit for the mitigation they're doing on their properties. And when you talk about mitigation, just to be clear, that means things like cutting back brush or trees near your home or hardening your house with fire-resistant materials. That kind of work now isn't really counted by insurance companies when they're determining policy coverage costs, right? Right. Well, look, that's exactly what we're talking about. And we feel over time, we're going to be able to bring that risk down, which means we keep insurance affordable and we keep uh, a competitive insurance market in these communities. That's going to take time. All right. That is California Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lada. Commissioner, thanks so much for joining us on the California Report. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. California wildland firefighters, of course, accept risk when they head out to battle a blaze. But Cal Fire firefighters are getting sick and some have even died just during training. As part of a collaboration between the investigative unit at Columbia Journalism School, the California Newsroom and KPCC, Jacob Margolis and Brian Edwards have this report. On a hot July day a few years ago, Cal Fire firefighter Yaroslav Katkov was hiking on a trail near Temecula when he collapsed. By the time he got help, it was too late. He died at the age of 28, not on the fire line, but while training. They told me that everything that could have been done was done. Ashley Valerio was Katkov's longtime partner. And like, I believed them and I like trusted them. My reporting partner, Brian and I reviewed hundreds of pages of documents from Cal Fire and Cal OSHA. We found a pattern of seasonal firefighters and inmates getting sick and some even dying during what should have been one of the least dangerous things they do, training. Exactly, Jacob. Over the last year and a half, almost four dozen CAL FIRE firefighters have suffered from heat illness during training. And since 2003, five firefighters have died during training exercises, where experts say heat appears to have played a role in their deaths. And all these cases point to bigger issues within the agency. For one, there's a culture that values pushing on at all costs. Two. Cal Fire has major issues with helping people improve their fitness levels safely. And three, even before they get started training, insiders say, Cal Fire's process for catching pre-existing medical conditions is lacking. Okay, let's start with the punitive culture issue, because it's a big part of this story. Yeah, and seems to be a big part of Yaroslav Katkov's story in particular. He collapsed and died after being pushed by his captain to do a training hike a second time, after he'd already been showing signs of heat illness. Cal Fire demoted the captain after the investigation. We were told by multiple current and former Cal Fire employees that pushing firefighters beyond their breaking points is common. In a written response, Cal Fire said it vigorously rejects the notion that a punitive culture exists. But there have been similar issues since Katkov's death. And I'll admit it, we had problems in San Diego in the last four months. That's Cal Fire Union President Tim Edwards, who spoke with us after we shared what we found. He says that a supervisor had to be admonished for the way he was treating seasonal firefighters. Making them hike when, when they weren't feeling good. Making them hike thinking if you pushed them a little bit further, you know, it would help them. Another reason Cal Fire firefighters are getting injured during training? 
uneven physical fitness standards and a lack of consistent training standards. That's a problem for seasonal firefighters who might take six months off between deployments and not show up in firefighting shape. Here's Edwards again. Is there a physical fitness standard coming onto the job? No, there's not. Absolutely not. And we've been pushing for years for one. In a statement, Cal Fire said, quote, each must do his, her part year round to ensure that they're preparing for the upcoming fire season. Our investigation found many firefighters don't always get clear guidelines for improvements after taking the winter off. According to the injury reports we reviewed, a majority of the seasonal firefighters that got sick with heat in the last year and a half did not have documented conditioning plans. And the final big issue? Seasonal firefighters usually only get basic physicals before they start working. In the CATCOV investigation documents, CAL FIRE Captain Cesar Neri is quoted as saying, you could get a better physical playing high school football than the one required by CAL FIRE. Other departments often require firefighters to go through more extensive testing before they start in the field. Meaning, for CAL FIRE firefighters, there's a chance that bigger, unknown pre-existing conditions could be missed. When we spoke with Ashley Valerio, CATCOV's longtime partner, she was angry. You're supposed to, like, have faith that those people would, like, keep them safe. Definitely it shows what kind of leadership that they're willing to allow. How to keep firefighters safe during training is a question that will only become more pressing as California's wildfire outlook continues to worsen. For The California Report, I'm Jacob Margolis in Los Angeles. And I'm Brian Edwards in New York City. Bay Area Assemblyman Mark Levine is launching a run for state insurance commissioner, and he'll be challenging a fellow Democrat. The election is next year. KQED politics reporter Guy Marzarati explains. Levine has a history of taking on members of his own party. He was first elected to the Assembly in 2012 when he defeated a sitting Democratic legislator. Now he's challenging insurance commissioner Ricardo Lara, the man in charge of overseeing California's insurance market. Levine says Lara is too cozy with the companies he's regulating. We've seen the current insurance commissioner have to recuse himself because he had received campaign donations from the very people who he needs to make decisions about. A spokeswoman for Lara's re-election campaign called the commissioner a, quote, longtime advocate for communities of color. Lara is backed by Governor Gavin Newsom and a host of labor organizations. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. The chair of the National Transportation Safety Board has told the Wall Street Journal that Tesla should address basic safety issues before offering its full self-driving package to more drivers. KQED's Rachel Myro has more. Despite the name, a Tesla running full self-driving instructs drivers to stay alert and keep their hands on the wheel. The new head of the National Transportation Safety Board said she wants Tesla to address concerns about safety deficiencies and misleading marketing before expanding the pilot program, which includes city as well as highway driving. The problem is the NTSB has no regulatory authority. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration does. No comment from either agency or Tesla. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Myro. And now to labor unrest in Hollywood. Leaders of IATSE, that's the union that represents tens of thousands of skilled workers in the film and television industry, have formally asked their members to give them the power to call a strike if necessary. IATSE includes just about everyone behind the cameras, from on-set electricians to sound technicians to hair and makeup stylists. The union is locked in tense negotiations with producers over such issues as residuals from streaming platforms, and increased contributions to health and pension plans. 
And that is the California Report for Tuesday, September 21st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a good day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. SFMOMA, presenting the world premiere of Joan Mitchell, a stunning retrospective of over 80 works by the trailblazing painter who made art on her own terms. Learn more at sfmoma.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.